Good morning, Living Stones. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another beautiful day our God has made. Uh, you know, there's, a, there's been a word that's been going around the last, I don't know, a few weeks or so. You know, it happens around this time of year. That word is resurrection. Yeah. yeah well, if you see what I see, and then you know what I know, you know our Jesus Christ is our risen Lord, and we are risen with him. So please join us. Lift your hands, lift your hearts, lift your voices, and help us celebrate and praise our Heavenly Father. If you know what I know 
lift up your praise would you thank God thank him for today thank him that you woke up thank him for all that he's done
kingdom. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom of heaven. Ask and he will. And ask and he will. For this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. Just the voices. Oh, how we love you. And oh, how we love you, Jesus. And oh, how we love you. Oh, how we
want you to take a moment and realize how great our God is because he is so great. It, like, you can't fathom how great he is because look at everything that he's done for us. He knew what today was going to be like and he just wants us here. He wants us here in this place worshiping him, giving him the thanks, honoring him. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter about us. No offense. doesn't matter about pastor. It's what we do for him, what we give him. He is the breath in our lungs. Everything we do should be for him. This morning, why don't you go ahead and greet whoever's next to you. And if you haven't met someone, introduce yourself. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. So before we go into our uh, time of tithes and offerings, one quick announcement um, for kids or anybody who has grade school or younger kids, not doing normal um, kids' church today, but they are doing a field day. Jen, uh, Pastor Jen and Cliff are out there doing a field day. So if you have kids in service and they want to be a part of that, they can absolutely go do that and they can, they can head out there now. Um, and I was thinking, I, where's, where's Brad? Where's Brad? I don't know where he's at, but it's like, it's like he reads my mind. It's like we share a brain with him, too, because I've been thinking about, about tithing scripture and about giving since, like, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. And uh, God kept bringing me back to something that's not a traditional tithing scripture, but it was right in the middle of that song, like, this is the kingdom. And Matthew 6.33 tells us that seek God first, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Right. All these things will be us. I love how the NLT says it. The NLT says, seek God above all else and live righteously. And I'm not going to preach a sermon, but I actually wanted to dig into that a little bit deeper. And that word seek, I think we don't give it the justice it deserves. Because that word seek in Greek means to really dive in and get to the heart or the source of a matter. So when we're to seek God first... And that includes our finances. We're to get to the heart of the matter and what he wants us to do in our work, in our day, in our finances. And I say that because it's not just on Sundays. And it's not just for 30 minutes in the morning before we go about our work and about our day. And in our finances, we're to seek him first, to go after and get to the heart of the matter as to what he wants to do with the resources he's given us. And just preceding that, because we all, and we're probably going to talk about this for a while, gas prices are high, food prices are high. We go... And, you know, an SUV now is 110 bucks to fill up, right? Or more. You go to the grocery store, everything's expensive. Well, the scripture leading up to Matthew 6.33 is talking about, don't worry about what you're going to worry about what you're going to drink. God's going to provide. And he says, above all else, seek him first. And with that, I want to tell you something. Because when he says these things will be added to you, 
he will add and he will give back and he will take care, but we don't always know what that looks like. So this is a real thing that happened this week to us. Um, some people know I have a pretty painful, sometimes debilitating condition in my, in my right foot. And I was, um, she's not here. I was coaxed into finally getting, you know, going to the doctor and, and, and getting it taken care of. But the story in that is she gave me some meds. I went to Walmart to go to the pharmacy. And the pharmacist looked at me and said, oh, it's a 30-day supply of these meds. And she says, oh, you know how much this costs? It's expensive. Oh, sure, whatever. She says, well, this is $398 for 60 pills. And what's our immediate human thought? But even in that, we seek God first above all else because that's his problem. So I asked her, you know, my doc said, hey, maybe ask about a, a week's supply. I asked about a week's supply. And she went to go check with somebody. She came back to the computer, punched up the same order. She said, on my account, on a pharmacy I've never been to before and ordered meds, that I have a discount on my account. And the price was $62. But we printed the... The, the printed receipt they give you from the pharmacy shows your account and your discounts and all. There is no discount on it. The cash price is $398. So when we look for God to add all these things to us, we need to be open to however he's going to do it. Because $230, or $330 is a lot of money. We couldn't have imagined God would do that, but he does. So when he says these things will be added to you, that's not a maybe. That's a promise. And he will, and he will do it in unique ways. So we'll have the, the, um, the ushers come forward. But remember those things, and remember to be faithful in that scripture, to seek him above all else. But seek him is not just a two-minute prayer and ask. It's really going deep and seeking the source. God, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for, God, the day that you've given us. Thank you for just the scripture, and, and we sung this morning, the breath in our lungs, God. We thank you for all that you've given us, God. We thank you for what's in our bank account. We thank you for what's not in our bank accounts, God, because what matters is it's yours, not ours anyway. And we acknowledge that, God. So, God, I pray over each person here. God, I pray over what they would give, whether it's a little or a lot. It's the heart behind it, God. So I pray, Lord God, that as they seek you on what to give and they give that, that all the things they need will be added unto them and that you will do it in crazy and that incredible ways that will be God's stories that only point to you, that only you can do. God, we thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So we have some announcements this morning. First, VIP guests, we are glad you're here. If this is your first time here, and I know there's some faces I don't recognize. If this is your first time here, we want to celebrate you. We want to get your contact information. And I believe even, Miss Sarah, we have special gifts for those back in the back. See, Michelle, back at the back table, we have special gifts for you. Um, because we want to celebrate and you're glad you're here. The other thing I want to do before we get to the rest of the announcements is we have a really special group of people here. It's CMA. I had to go, I had to go ask Pastor Chelsea to make sure I knew what that meant, but Christian Motorcycle Association. And we want to be, give a big round and we want to celebrate these guys. We especially want to celebrate some of the great beards back there. Um, so... On that note, I'm going out of order a little bit. They are here after church. We are doing a barbecue out back in the quad with these guys to celebrate them, just to get to know them and do a relationship with them. So don't miss out. I believe we're doing hot dogs and drinks and all right out in the quad right after service. Okay, here I am. <laughs> okay, so coming up this Tuesday, we have youth at 7 p.m. at Mama Jen's house. 
And also, just a little side note here. Uh, the youth are doing a fundraiser this April for, um, they're fundraising for camp. And so, on the back of the building over here is a wall with envelopes on it and various numbers. Now, if you are so inclined and God puts it on your heart, you can grab an envelope and that dollar amount that's written on the envelope is what you are pledging to give for this fundraising. So we've got a variety of numbers up there you can pick and choose. Plus, we also have blank envelopes. If it is on your heart to give more than what you see up there or just whatever you can give. So anything that you do over there, go ahead, grab an envelope, sign up for it, donate. This is going to a good cause. It's getting all of our youth to camp because who doesn't have great memories of going to camp and celebrating in that? So um, all of this is going towards our students for summer camp. So head into the back. Pa pa parents, you can get rid of your kids for what, like a week, is it? I don't know how long a it week. is. <laughs> Yeah, Sam's draws your grades in the sand. <laughs> four days you can get rid of your oh, kids. four days. Sam's <laughs> probably going to be there helping. <laughs> yeah. but, but more importantly, and I think we know from some of the, the kids came out, it, it really does change their life and their eternity. It changes our trajectory. Mm -hmm. So this, this money is not just money given, but it's an investment in their eternity. And I don't say those as, as those are not fluffy words, that's real. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, where are we at? Oh, Fight Club, Thursday. <laughs> That was awesome. I, I want to say it again just so they do it again. So Fight Club this Thursday, 7 p.m. If, if you want to be a part of that, if you want to join that, get on the Church Center app. On the Church Center app under Living Stones will be all the details, the time, the place. You don't want to miss it. It's a bunch of guys grunting. There's usually fire and other things going on. Well, no, there's always fire there's going always on. always fire. Always fire. I mean... You can't get guys together without, like, grunting and fire. <laughs> and then we have something really cool, because who knows what next Sunday is? Easter. Next Sunday is Easter. But the night before, we're doing something really cool and incredible, and I love this idea. So we're going to do a worship night the night before. But we're not just doing it ourselves. We're getting together and partnering with Rock Ridge Church. Um, if you guys don't know where that is, I'm sure we can get the information all by on the Church Center app. But Rock Ridge Church is up off of Scott Road, and it's behind us. Um, we are getting together with them, and we are doing a night of worship together with them as, as, as two churches coming together before Easter. Uh, and people may think, well, Easter the next day, but this is going to be a great way to set the tone. It's a great way for churches to get together, and it's a great way because this is no longer just Living Stones. This is no longer Rock Ridge. This is the church in the valley getting ready to set the stage for Easter. And then the next morning, Easter, 10 a.m., Come celebrate with us. What are we celebrating? The resurrection of Jesus. We're celebrating what he did for us and how he came back. With that, after service, there will be a taco truck on site for food to purchase. There will be a big egg hunt. Are we doing it out back? Or we're doing it. There's a huge egg hunt. There's several thousand eggs. Um, so bring kids. But also tell your neighbors. Tell your friends. Anyone who's had little ones. Because if you know the two services a year that most people will go to are Christmas and Easter. And we're doing eggs and we're doing those things, but if we get them here on Easter, we'll let the Holy Spirit do his work and we'll see them more often. 
So let that be an opportunity to change the eternity of families as well. So I think that's it, although you can stay connected to us throughout the week. Um, uh, Livingstones TV, Facebook, Instagram, and the Church Center app. Um, and you can be, oh, what are we doing here? Aha. So we need, always need volunteers, right? And you can be a part of building the church because that's an important part of what we do here is building the church. But I will tell you, coming to build the church to set up and tear down, being involved in other teams throughout the week, it's as much about the relationship as the work gets done. Because when we labor together, we form bonds, we sharpen each other. And uh, Pastor Justin and I were just talking about this yesterday. We even talk about evangelizing, but sometimes we need to evangelize and encourage each other. And when you get together and when you labor together, those things happen. And there are bonds that are built that are unbreakable, and there are bonds that are built that go far beyond the walls of the church. So look at the Church Center app for all that information and any other church information. And on that, we will welcome Pastor Justin up, unless you're going to preach. have that. That'd be so awesome. Who would like to hear Heather preach? Would that be amazing? Oh, man. We could at least get them up here preaching together. There's so much wisdom. I, I know she doesn't like the limelight, and but she has so much wisdom. They both have so much wisdom. Just amazing people. Um, I loved hanging out with them at Rooted. Uh, just incredible wisdom pouring out of the both of them and the whole group, but so awesome. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah? Are you excited to be here today? Oh my goodness, I'm excited to be here too. I, I know I don't usually dress like this on a Sunday morning, but it's bike day, right? Come on, right? I, I get all excited, just get in there and make that stuff happen, right? It's so fun and have a good time. And, but, uh, oh man, I was excited for bike day. I, my, my nine-year-old, whew, he got to ride with me this morning. So cool, so cool. He rode for the first time yesterday around the block, see if he could handle it. Make sure that it wasn't too scary and, and uh, didn't lean and do things he shouldn't do, um, and, and he did really good this morning. I, I won't openly admit that I probably went uh, about 15 to 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. I, he told on me already, I figured as much. I figured I'd just get it out there before I get reprimanded later, but uh, I know he was excited, and he had a good time, and we had fun out on the bike, and so awesome, and I can't wait to get out there and have some hot dogs. Anybody like hot dogs? Oh, my goodness hot dogs out there. I got 150 of them, so that means each of you have to eat about five. No, I'm just kidding, but I'm just playing. If you're watching online and you are hungry, get here. We've got lunch afterwards. It's going to be so fun. Amazing, amazing. All right, how many, where were my paper Bible people at? We got some paper Bibles in the house today? Oh, we got some paper Bibles. That's a good one. I like that, that teal color, royal blue back there. That's a nice design. That's very pretty. I like that. Oh, Pastor Keith, I won't forget you, nice Bible back there, and, and that iPhone, you can put that down, sir, wow, wow, dear heavenly baby Jesus, help me, anyway, all right, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21, and we're going to hang out there for the majority of the morning, if you'd like, you can follow along in the Version Bible app, so if you go on the Version Bible app, you click on the menu button on the bottom right-hand corner, click on uh, events, and then Living Stones Church, all my notes are in there for you. So you can follow along. I'm not switching uh, back and forth this time. Sometimes I'll switch from different versions of the Bible just to give a little more context. But we're going to be hanging out in the New Living Translation today. So that'll be fun. Um, I want to say hi to some of the people online. we got Dorothy Farraganin watching online. You're awesome. Carrie Bush and Alex, love you guys. Carolyn McKinney, 
Amazing. Ed and Julie, love you. The Mosiers are online. So awesome. Love those guys. I know we've got some more people over here on Facebook. Phil Norman, love you, man. Let's see who else we got. Some of these guys are double dipping on here. Larissa, Larissa and Austin, love you guys. Monica Harper, amazing. Tony Brandyberry, love you, man. Oh, we've got so many, so many cool people. If, if you want, click on the chat, chat on there. Let me know what you're thinking, what you're doing. What you're, are you still in your pajamas while you're watching church this morning? Because some people here might look like they rolled right out of bed. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But it's all good stuff. But who's in Matthew chapter 21? Did you make it there? Good, good. All right. Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 says, As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Verse 2. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there. Did I get you on the right spot? I hear some shatter. Did I do something wrong? Oh, I'm good? Okay, all right, all right. I just didn't know. I was like, I was like, he's, 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 he's preaching the wrong thing. He's, you know, I, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I'll, I'll get on there, but okay, perfect. Sometimes I get a little dyslexic, and I start, I'm like, I might be in a whole different book of the Bible. You guys are like, I don't know what he's reading, but I'm not reading the same thing. So just want to make sure we're there. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately. Somebody say immediately. Immediately let you take them. Verse 4. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble. Somebody say humble. Humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him. And threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. Verse nineteen or verse nine. Uh, Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, "Praise God for the Son of David! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Praise God in the highest heaven!" Verse ten. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word this morning. God, we thank you that your word is alive, that you speak to us. Even though it was written so long ago, it's still alive and still speaks to us right now in our current circumstances, in our current situation. God, you've never been more relevant than you are right now. And so, God, we give you glory as we get into your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I got a question. What kind of season are you in right now? Is anybody in a season? We're all in a season. Some of them are good seasons. Some of them not so good seasons. Right? What, what, let me ask you, what, what is your favorite season? Christmas season? Well, that one moved up quite a bit there. Fall, don't say fall while I'm shaking the, the, the stage. That's, that's just not right. That's just messed up, you know what I'm saying? Autumn, that's better. Autumn, autumn. Yeah, that one's a little, there we go. I'm going to stay on this side today, I think. Um, seasons, we all go through seasons. And you might be in a season where it seems like all hope is lost. You know, like when I look, look at the, the news for the last two, and, two years, two and a half years especially, I have not seen anything good. I don't know about you. It just seems like it's one tragedy after another, right? Oh, that tragedy is almost done. We've got to make sure we've got another one, right? Are you with me? Like, like we've got to keep this thing going. 
And it just seems like this season of never-ending hopelessness. And I just want to say that this is a season of hope. Amen? Amen? So today's message is titled, When Hope Rides In. When hope rides in. It's, it's bike day, people, right? When hope rides in. I, I, I wish that, I gotta go, I'm going to go over here on this one. That, one. that one scares me a little bit today. They're all a little wonky today? All right, well, if I fall down, you guys know how to pray, right? We got some prayer people in here. This side's pretty good. Yeah, this side's pretty solid. So you have to move the camera on me, but what's that? Move, move my thing over? No, the camera's right there, so that'll mess everything up. I can't do that. If I, if I break... I won't be broken forever, amen? That's it. That's it. I don't know if I'd get under there, Pastor AJ. That might, that could be really interesting. Is it ready to jump on now? No? Just stay off of that one? Okay, you got it. I will, I will. Oh, it's missing the hole? Okay, no problem. I'll stay off of it. I'll try to stay off of it. We'll see what happens. This could be really fun. Are you guys excited? It's going to be good. Oh, my gosh, we're going to see a miracle right after I get broken, you know. Anyway. It's all good. It's all good. Ah, maybe, maybe, maybe you're not in a season where it seems hopeless. Maybe, maybe your season just seems mundane. You know? Like, sometimes those are the worst seasons. Like, it's not bad, but it's not good. And I'm just getting through it. You ever feel like that? Another day, another dollar. Oh, here we are. Here, here we go again. I feel like I just did this last week. Right? Where, 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 is, uh, where, where is Bill Murray and, 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 uh, and the, the groundhog? Like, I'm pretty sure I know how this works, right? Are you with me? Some of us are living in that mundane season. But there's hope. There's hope. I, I can't tell you how excited I am about the season that God's bringing us into. But some of us might be wondering, where is God in this season? Where is God in this season where sexuality is questioned everywhere? Where is God in this season? You know, here we are, Palm Sunday, heading into Holy Week. And probably one of the least holiest times I've ever seen. Are you with me? Goodness gracious. And not to say that we don't love everybody. Come on, somebody say love everybody. Love everybody. But that doesn't mean that you love sin. Are you with me? Come on. We don't love sin because it tears people apart. It tears them apart. It ruins their lives. And so we don't, we don't love sin, but we love every single sinner because everybody in here is guilty of it. Amen? Amen. Here's the first point this morning. I know God will provide for hope to ride in. I know that God will provide for hope to ride in. Are you with me? I, I, I remember um, for me... You know, God knows what you need before you need it. You know, right here in verse 2, as we were reading, go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there. And the colt beside it, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. Like, how many of us, we, we have a hard time stepping into a new season because we don't have the provision yet. But if we know our God, if we know Jesus, He's just like this. He may not have given you exact instructions, just like he did the disciples here. I mean, they're probably going like, really? Like, like he's just going to let us take them? Like, we just say, the Lord needs you don't even We don't have to say your name, just the Lord needs them. Like, which Lord? Like, how many lords are there out there? The Lord needs them, and he'll just let you take them. Come on. This is how crazy God can be sometimes. I love that, that Pastor Keith was sharing about, about his getting his uh, prescription. and then, But no, no, the Lord said take them. Like, you're not going to pay $400 for that. You're going to pay $62 for that. 
Are you with me? This is just how God works. Like when you put your full faith in him and you watch and you start to seek after him, you start to walk with him, you start to see God do things that don't make sense. Are you with me? Come on. It's just how he does things. But you have to know that God will provide. He will provide for hope to ride in. Hope is coming. Somebody say hope is coming. Hope is coming. You know, some of you have heard this story, so bear with me. But for those of you that haven't, I hope you enjoy it. Um, But when we get to go outside and we get to see all the bikes out there, there's this bright green one. That one's mine. Are you with me? The, bright, the brightest green one out there, that one's mine. And, and that bike, I, I, everybody always says, wow, that's a cool bike. And the reason they say it is because it's an outlandish color. And they're like, what? It, I can see it out of anything else on the road. There's no question. They're like, that's such a cool bike. And, and I said, thank you so much. God gave it to me. And they say, what do you mean God gave it to you? And I'm sure they're waiting for some christian story of like, you know, the Lord provides all of my finances. And because he provides my finances, I bought this bike and he provided this bike for me. Come on, like, but no, like, let me tell you, God really gave me this bike. And I had sold my motorcycle in 2011, 2010, 2010 when we moved to Temecula Valley. And I'd sold it, and we hadn't had a bike for five years. Now it's 2015. I go to church. I'm an associate pastor down the street here. And uh, this gentleman just started coming to our church just for a couple of weeks. And Chelsea and I had gone over to their house and spent time with them. And we played some games. And it was so fun. And he was so excited to show me this bike that he got. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, let's go out to the garage. Come on, man, right? We like, we like to go out and hang out in the garage, right? You're like, I know my house is beautiful. It's great. My wife makes it pretty. But you want to go see the garage? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I got tools in there. Like, it's awesome, right? But so we go out to his garage, and he, he has this, this Kawasaki Vulcan 900 Custom bright green bike. And I was like, dude, that is so cool. I said, I've, I've only ridden Kawasaki's my whole life. I've got, I've had, well, now four of them. At that time, I only had three of them. And I was like, that's so awesome. Hey, I got some Kawasaki stuff at home. I'll bring it to you. I'll give you my Kawasaki stuff. So I don't, I don't have a bike anymore. And, and so we, we, I brought him that stuff. And the next weekend that on Sunday, he comes up to me and says, hey, Justin, um, I'm, I, I, do you know anybody that wants to buy a bike? And I'm like, no, why? Why are you selling it, man? You were so excited. Your wife just got that for you. He said, well, I'm getting stationed in Okinawa, and I can't take it with me. And I said, well, um, how much are you selling it for? He's like, well, it's worth about five grand. I'm like, oh, um, <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not making that kind of money, so I'm definitely not in the, the thing for a bike. But I'll keep my ears open if somebody is looking for one, okay? He's like, yeah, thanks, man, thanks. And so then church happens, we do all that stuff, and I'm hanging out in kids' church. Come on, somebody give a shout-out for kids' church. Kids' church is awesome. We, I mean, I love kids' church. So we were hanging out up in kids' church. I'm, I'm talking to this one gentleman, and, and his name's Larry. And I'm like, Larry, hey, man, are you coming to a men's group on Wednesday? He says, no. I said, why? Are you not a man? What's the problem? <laughs> Come on, where are my men at? We got fight club this week. That's what I'm talking about. My men are in the house today. But I was like, man, what's going on? Why aren't you going to be there? He's like, well, I'm going to this motorcycle meeting. I'm like, a motorcycle meeting? He says, yeah. I'm going to this thing called CMA, this Christian Motorcycle Association. I'm like, no way. Dude, I've been a part of CMA since I was eight years old. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, that's awesome. Where is it at? He's like, oh, it's right down the street over here. Oh, dude, that's so cool. I was like, man. Well, unbeknownst to me, while I'm talking to him and I'm sharing with him. Now, the, this is, these are my grandfather's colors. So when you, when you ride with a group, that back patch is called your colors, Right? And, and, or, or what, what is the other term that they use now for, instead of colors? 
Come on, CMA guys. What is it? Cuts. Cuts. Thank you. Cuts. Because sometimes colors can be referred to over here. Colors, colors can be referred to um, when, you're, when you're in like an outlaw group and things like that. But, but that's, the, that's the normal name for, for the colors or cuts. Now, my grandfather, these were his before he passed away. And uh, I got mine in 2001, so uh, 21 years ago. I'm getting old. Um, anyways, <laughs> it's, it's getting older and older. I'm like, oh, Lord, is that possible? But I remember him telling me about that, and I, I kind of got emotional. And I said, man, I've, I've been a part of that my whole life. My, my grandparents got me into that, and, and I love that group, and I love being a part of it. Oh, that's so awesome. So I get in the car after church. I'm a little mopey now. Are you with me? <laughs> I'm, I'm in the car with Chelsea, and we, we drive right by the Harley dealer. And, and I'm just like, oh. she's like, what? What's wrong? I said, this guy's selling this bike, and this guy's going to a CMA meeting, and I just want a bike. Like, I want a motorcycle. Where, where are my other men at? You know, some of you, you had this same conversation. Are you with me? And, and uh, unbeknownst to me, here I am. I, I, get a, I get a phone call, and it's the gentleman selling his bike. And he says, hey, listen, God told me to give you my bike. And I said, what? You can't tell me that while I'm driving, bro. I had to pull into the Walmart parking lot and bawl my eyes out. I was like, you don't have to give me your bike, man. Like, you're only going to Okinawa for two years. Like, I'll hold on to it, make sure it stays running, and give it back to you when you get back. You don't have to give it to me. He's like, nope. I heard from the Lord. I heard you in the hallway when you were talking to that guy about how much it meant to you. And God told me to give it to you. So I already wrote your name on the pink slip. It's your bike. Come get it. Shh. 2015, I went to that meeting on Wednesday night for 15 minutes because I still have my man. I got to be a men's group. Are you with me? But, but God provides. Now, here's the thing. A couple weeks before that, my pastor had asked me, he said, hey, we have this prayer group coming in during the week, and we, we need somebody to come in and lock and unlock the church for them. And I said, absolutely, I'll do whatever is needed in the church. I didn't have two cars at that time. My wife had to be at a different place at that time of the day in one vehicle, and I had to be at church on that day. But I knew that if I commit to what God says, he'll provide. Are you with me? And all of a sudden, he didn't just provide. Are you with me? <laughs> he he could have gave me like a broken down Toyota, and I'd have been fired up. But I tell you what, when I pull up, oh, i got to unlock the church. Are you with me? <laughs> we're going to unlock the church today, and we're going to pray over some people. God will provide for hope to ride in. He knows what you need before you need it. Are you with me? Just say yes to God. Pastor Keith, you were talking about us sharing a brain with, with Brad and, 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 and yourself. Now here, here's where it all gets crazy. Are you with me? Next, next, next verse here we're going to read is Matthew 6, 33. Just to keep it all in line. Because obviously we take our notes together and make, make sure they all correlate. No, absolutely not. Verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything. Somebody say everything. Everything that you need. Everything that you need. He'll give you the meds when you need it. He'll give you a motorcycle if you need it. He'll give you, he'll give you a truck if you need it. He'll take care of everything that you need. Are you with me? If, if you can't afford that, that to go to the doctor, then he can heal you in a different way. Are you with me? Gosh, this whole side, huh? Man, this, the floor's getting crookeder and crookeder. I don't know what's going on. Crookeder, that's definitely a word. Look it up. Look it up. I, I, I win Scrabble. Are you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Point number two this morning for those note takers. Where are my note takers? I got note takers? I got some note takers. There they are. 
Point number two this morning. I will see hope right in on humility. I will see hope right in on humility. Come on, somebody. Come on, Dorothy Faraganin. That's right. Larissa, our path is prepared. That's right. Amen. Oh, my goodness. I love hanging out with people online. Right? In verse, verse 5 of, of Matthew 21, it says, Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a Kawasaki, riding on a donkey's colt. Are you with me? He's humble. Now, as I was reading this, I was trying to figure out, you know, like, it's Palm Sunday. Like, why, why is this important? Because you know what happens a lot of times in church? God gets pushed on to people. He gets pushed on to people. And you know what? When I, when I read this verse and we're reading through it, it says that he comes humbly. Why does God choose humility as his mode of transportation? Why not a grand entrance? I mean, if I'm God, like, if I could, like, float around and do all kinds of crazy stuff, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I would use a magic carpet. I don't know. Like, if I'm Jesus, like, coming humbly, I, you know, there's, there's times to be humble. Are you with me? And there's, then there's times where you rev the pipes under the, under the bridge. Are you with me? You're humble when you, when you have a street bike, and it doesn't make much noise under the bridge. But when you have pipes under, like, we were going through the, over the freeway yesterday. Yesterday? Was that yesterday? And under the, under the, under the overpass, and, and I hear this, blah, 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 and we're like, yes, I know how you feel, bro. Like, I know how good that makes you feel in that moment and how much it irritates everyone else around you. But it's so good. Are you with me? <laughs> oh, but Jesus rides in on humility. This donkey and a colt. Huh, why not, why not force himself upon us? I mean, he's God. He could do whatever he wants. I mean, he could say, you know, make, make people do silly things. Like, if I had these powers, are you with me? You, you've got to be, think, if you don't have anything to thank God for, thank God that Pastor Justin doesn't have these powers over you. Are you with me? Because so many funny things would be happening in church all the time. Are you with me? But, but God, doesn't, God doesn't force himself on people because he knows what we really need. Are you with me? He knows what we really need. Colossians 3, verse 10 says, put on your new nature. Somebody say new nature. Put on your new nature and be new, renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Somebody say become like him. Become like him. Verse 11. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Hey, we qualify. Fired up. Are you with me? I look at some ugly people out here. Are you with me? Don't look at your neighbor. Like, it's messed up, man. Like, your neighbor, you've got a good-looking neighbor. Don't do that. Don't do that. He's like, he's talking about you. Not me. We're talking about being humble. Come on. Christ is at all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Verse 12. Since God chose you to be a holy people, he loves you. Must clothe yourselves. Wait, hang on. He lives in all of us, and since God chose you to be a holy people, he loves. You must close yourselves and with tender-hearted mercy. Somebody say tender-hearted mercy. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
So this part of Scripture is saying you need to be more like God. You need to be more like Jesus. And then he starts describing these things. Now, can I be honest with you? I've been to some churches that are not these things. Are you with me? Where all of a sudden I'm getting something shoved down my throat. And that's not who Jesus is at all. Like if Jesus wanted to shove himself down people's throat, he would have done it himself. Are you with me? There would be no sin because he could eradicate it. But that's not real love. And that's not real free will, is it? Come on. Come on. Listen, when you read Scripture and sometimes you're reading like, well, God knows the end from the beginning. He knows the, the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and Omega. Well, sometimes we think, well, does that mean that he made that person a sinner? He made them that way? No. Sin made us that way. Sin made us what we are. We have a sinful nature that is ourself. Somebody look at yourself right now. That's who you have a problem with. Nobody else. That's who you have a problem with. Are you with me? Self. Self. Yes, please. Thank you. I won't walk over there. That is like, I've never felt it quite as wavy as that. So that was, that was kind of fun. It's like surfing up there. It's like, anyway. Um, <clears throat> this is why Jesus came in humility. Because he wanted to show you. I want to show you how to do it. I'll tell you just what to do. How many of your dads were like my dad and said, it, it, you know, it's, it's not what, what, what I tell you, it's not what I do, you do what I tell you to do. Don't, don't do what I do, do what I say. Parenting, oh, oh, I mean, it just hits, doesn't it? It just hits. I mean, we're all guilty of it in some form or fashion. Are you with me? Even yesterday, I took my son around the block, and I was in my shorts and, and, and tennis shoes, and I said, son, never ride a motorcycle with shorts. A terrible, terrible idea. Don't do it. It's it's really bad. And I explained to him why. How you you can burn your leg on the pipe, and these things can happen. Or or if you fell down, you get it all scrap, scraped up. And, and I said, so don't do that. And the only reason we're doing it right now is because I'm going to go very slow around around the block, and that is it. Okay. And so anyway, so don't do as I do. Do as I say. See, that's not how our God is. He doesn't contradict himself. He came in humility because he wants us to walk in humility. Are you with me? Now, I'm not talking about a false sense of humility where you just put yourself down all the time. Oh, because Jesus didn't put himself down all the time, did he? When he walked around, he walked around with authority. He, he spoke to demons and told them to go. You have authority just as he has. He said, you will do far greater miracles than what you've seen with me. And most of us, we can't even fathom that. Walking on water, raising people from the dead, far greater than you? I don't know about that. And, but a lot of us, we, we start to take that, that little insecurity inside of us. And it's either we have this false sense of humility, where, we're, where this person puts themselves down all the time, thinks of themselves as less than, and sitting in this mode. Or we, we go completely to the other side, and we walk in a place of arrogance. We're trying to cover up the insecurity. Anybody with me? But Jesus walked in humility. He rode in on humility. I mean, this dude, he could have gotten the nicest steed. I mean, he, he said, just go, go, go grab it, and they'll, they'll let you have him just for me. He could have said, no, don't go grab that donkey. You know who I am. I don't need a donkey. Listen, I, I'm not going to be riding a Kawasaki. I need you to go get me Harley. Are you with me? But he rode in humility because that's what he wants us to do. How many of us in our infinite wisdom are trying to figure out the world and telling God how it is. 
Our prayer life is saying, God, this is what it is. This is what happened to me. This is where I'm at. How dare you let this happen? I serve you and I love you. How many of us, if we came in humility and said, Lord, you know all things. You know what's best for me. I'm going to trust you in this season and I'm going to walk this out. You see, even as Jesus is walking humbly, as as he humbly rides in, this is all hope right here. I mean, the people get excited. Here's point number three. The hope riding in is Jesus. The hope riding in is Jesus. Come on, somebody get excited in here. The hope riding in is Jesus. Is Jesus. He's riding into our lives, and that is all hope. That is where it all comes from. Now, as we read again in verse 8, most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees to spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Come on. They were shouting a little louder than you guys, I think. Except for her. No. (laughs) No. Come on. I mean, this is Jesus. And they're going, oh, my gosh, thank God in the highest heaven. Here he comes. Here's the Savior we've been waiting for. But he came humbly. And then he didn't stop at that point. I don't know about you, but if, if you guys, it's almost like you know that if you shout too much, my ego will get too big. So you just kind of hold it back a little bit. I appreciate that. You're just thinking of me, right? You're, you just love me that much. You're like, Pastor, I, don't, I want your head to fit through the door on the way out. So, But you know what? If I were Jesus in this moment, again, in the humanity of it, and everybody was shouting for me and laying down garments for me, I might get in my head that I got, I got, I got this. It's all, it's all me anyways. This isn't Jesus. Jesus comes humbly. You know, because he also knew in that moment, right now you're cheering for me. But in a few days, you're going to be shouting that I should be crucified. The same people laying down their coats, laying down these, these palm branches, were going to be the same people standing there saying, crucify him. Crucify this blasphemer. You know why? Because they did, the Savior they wanted didn't meet their expectations. How many of us are trying to put Jesus in a box of how he's going to change our life and we don't go, God, how do you want to change my life? How do you want to come in and guide me and direct me? Are you with me? And all of a sudden things shift and your, your vision starts to shift and you start to see things the way God sees things. You start to see all these obstacles no longer as just obstacles. I know when, when I went into the Marine Corps, I didn't have an idea of what boot camp was going to be like. I remember talking to other guys. They're like, have you seen Full Metal Jacket? I'm like, no, is that, what is that? And they're like, you have not seen Full Metal Jacket, and you're going to come here? I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. I didn't know what to expect. But you know what I knew? Is that when Aaron Halverson, if anybody wants to find him on social media, I don't know where he is. I haven't talked to him in probably a couple dozen years. Aaron Halverson was a friend of mine in school. And I remember because my mom wanted me to hang out for the summer after, after high school. So I stayed longer for the summer so that mom could see me before I went off to the Marine Corps. Are you with me? Well, Aaron Halverson did what I wanted to do, which was to go straight in so I could get, the, get this over with. Are you with? I want to get boot camp done. Well, Aaron Halverson finished as I was getting ready to go in. And I remember this, this kid, like this nerdy kid who went into boot camp. And I'm like, oh, if anyone's not going to make it, it's going to be that guy. Are you with me? Sorry, Aaron, I love you. If anybody shares this with him, but I remember seeing his picture up on the board in the recruiting station. And I walked in there, 
that's Aaron Halverson, right? They're like, yep. And he's like sitting there all like, boom, you know, like in his dress blues. I'm like, if that dude can make it, so can I, right? Are you with me? And it's setting that example. Jesus went and set that example for each of us going like, hey, this is how you function in humility. Even when people think you should do it a different way. Even when they think you're all that in a bag of chips. Are you with me? Even when they shout at you while you're sitting up on that cross being crucified. And he says, if you're really the son of God, then come down. I know you have the power. He says, yeah, but you don't understand what this power is. That power of humility to come and sacrifice yourself to see what God can do through you so that every single soul can be saved. Are you with me? How many of us, God has a plan for our life, but we haven't submitted to it yet? Because it's too humble of a plan. That's too humble of a plan. Like, like when I think of my, my life, I've got this huge thing that I'll probably never accomplish, so I'm not even going to try. But that's all I can expect God would do because he wouldn't have me do this. He wouldn't have me serve in this ministry. He wouldn't have me putting out. He wouldn't have me in a church that's still in a school. He wouldn't have me do that. Come on, somebody. But then you watch what he can do in you and then through you. Are you with me? How many of you want to see God do something through you? Got some gutsy people raising their hand. I mean, I got this all on camera right now. I'm going I'm to record this. I'm going to check on you every Tuesday to make sure that you're still seeking the Lord and doing the full thing. Like, what if we actually did that? What if we all live to our full potential? Come on. <sighs> Those of you that know uh, that we got that we got that book deal, right? For uh, for writing some books. Well, it also came with a commitment. And I had just refinanced my house so that we could do some work around the house. Are you with me? Got some cash out. And I felt from the Lord. He said, I want you to not just invest in your physical home, but your spiritual home and where, where I want to take you. And so to, that book deal cost us almost, what was it, $3,400? $3,400. I don't have extra money. Are you with me? But if I'm going to put my faith where my mouth is, got to say, Lord, I trust you. Let's do this. Are you with me? It's one thing to say it. It's one thing to want to do it. It's a whole other thing to completely invest yourself in it. Are you with me? Walking in faith. I can't wait. I can't wait. We were talking about it. We don't have a, we have a working title right now. So we don't know what it's going to finally be at the end. But it's this is week. Talking about the family unit. Talking about marriage. Talking about what it means to be a Christian family for real. Anybody want that book? Come on. You guys will be the first ones to get a copy of it. I promise you that. I promise you that. There's a world out there that's struggling because we've gotten so used to faking it. We come to church. We hug each other. We ask how you're doing. And you say, I'm doing great. And then you go home and you're struggling. And your mental health is not there physical health is not there. You're worried about what's happening in the world right now. You're worried if, if your kids or your grandkids are going to grow up not knowing their sexuality because of what the world is pushing out there right now. You're worried. If we're honest, we're worried. Are you with me? We're, we're wondering what's going to happen next. But here's the thing. Hope's writing in. Hope's writing in. Jesus is writing in. Jesus is writing in. 
You know what? It's going to take a remnant. It's going to take just a few of us that still believe God at his word. It's going to take just a few of us to step out in faith a little bit at a time where people are watching you, where you might fail, where you might struggle, where you might not make it, where you might fall back. Are you with me? But as you walk and as you fail forward and watch God take you to a new place through every single failure is learning. Are you with me? The worst failure of them all is never to go forward. It's to stay right where you are right now. God loves you so much that he sent this crazy kid to French Valley so that we could go and be the church instead of just talking about it. Hope's riding in. Hope's riding in. We look for hope in all the wrong places. We look for hope in money. We look for hope in other people. We look for hope in, in pleasure and in making ourselves feel good. The only hope worth having is Jesus. The only hope worth having is Jesus. Oh, you're not getting excited enough for me. This is going to last another hour and a half. Those dogs are never going to get ready. The only hope worth having is Jesus. It's the only hope. It's the only hope. I know you need money, so does Jesus. I know you need relationships, so does Jesus. Are you with me? I know that you need to have a joyful experience here on earth. So does Jesus. He said, if you seek me, I'll give you all the things that you need. We're too busy seeking other things to seek him. I need, I need this, this, this liquid to go in my body so it makes me feel better, so I can function. Are you with me? I, I need somebody to encourage me. I need someone to come up and tell me how awesome I am so I can continue on. Says who? The creator of all things says, seek me, and you'll have all of that. You'll have all of that. You'll have everything that you need. You need encouragement? It's right here. There's a whole book of encouragement right here. Sorry about that. A whole book of encouragement right here. You, you, need, you, need, you need relationships? Look around. There's a broken person next to you that needs a relationship too. That needs somebody to believe in them. That needs some, some, somebody to have faith with them. To believe for what you want to pray for that you're scared to tell anybody about. Are you with me? What the Lord could do with a church that actually seeks Him. What the Lord could do with a church that just doesn't come on a Sunday and gives Him praise in that moment, but then forgets about Him all week long or expected him to do something else. See, I prayed, and it didn't come true the way I wanted it to. But did you actually pray for what you were supposed to be praying for? God, have your will in my life. Have your will in my life. That means if he asks you to go out and, and hand out cards, thank you for the team that came out with you today to go hand out cards and, and to invite people to church for, for next week. It was awesome. But if God asks you to do something like that and you're uncomfortable, it's time to get uncomfortable. Like, I'm about ready to just get rid of all the seat cushions so you have to sit on the bars. Because I, I'm so tired of having a comfortable church. America has been full of a comfortable church for far too long. Let's get uncomfortable. If it's comfortable, make it uncomfortable for yourself. Just so that you sit on the edge of your seat. We, I know we paid for the whole chair, but just sit on the edge. Sit on the edge going, God, what are you going to do next? I'm waiting, I'm willing, I'm ready. 
What are you going to do through my life? I don't want to just be an attender anymore. I want to participate. I want to see you move through my life. If you can use somebody as messed up as me, I know that you can change people's lives. Are you with me? This is an inner dialogue that each of us has when we're afraid. When we're afraid to move on. What if I say the wrong thing? The, the political climate right now, somebody's going to get mad. If love makes people mad, then let them be mad. Because we're going to love them even if they get mad. I'm going to love them if they got tattoos. I'm going to love them if, if, if they swing the other way. I'm going to love them. Are you with me? Because love overcomes a multitude of sin. It overcomes a multitude of sin. Jesus was the embodiment of love. He was the embodiment of love. When Jesus came to the earth, it was God's love coming to the earth to say that you're worth it, that you're worth it, that he sees you and he knows you, and that you're worth it. I want you to be with me in the paradise. I want you to be with me forever, and I want you to see your purpose. When I chose to, uh, I can't talk about that, I gotta be careful. When I chose you, out of the millions of people I could have given breath, I gave it to you, and it was for a purpose. You see, some of us are asking and wishing. I know there's people in here, you've, you've, you've dealt with suicidal thoughts. You've thought your life wasn't worth it. As, as you worked so hard and more things just came to come against you over and over and over again, as, as you press in, it seems like it just gets worse. I want to tell you that Jesus saw fit to put breath in your lungs. He wanted you to wake up this morning. He was thinking about you and thinking about the impact that your life has on the people around you and said, you're worthy. I want you to go. Now it's up to you to believe that. If you believe that, because he, he, can, he can take your breath right now. How many people you know have, have passed away way too early? Way too early. Are you with me? Way too early. It wasn't time. Way too early. Who decides that? Not me. Not you. We don't get to decide that. When one of my best friends passed away last year, 41 years old, I questioned God going, why? This is one of the most powerful, impactful men I've ever met in my life. He's done more in 41 years than most people do in 82. Why? It's not for me to know. But what I do know is that God gave me breath to stay here and to preach and to come and share the gospel, to share the good news, to share the love of Jesus. He put me and you still on this planet. I know you've lost somebody and you were hurt just like me. Are you with me? I know that when my dad passed away last year at 50 something, 60, 60 years old, I can't remember, but at 50, 60 something years old, when he passed away, I thought, why? I never got to have the reconciliation that I wanted with my dad. I never got, my, he never got to meet his grandson. Why? Why? God knows, but he put me on this planet still, and he put you on this planet still, and he put us here right now for such a time as this. You're not done. If you're watching online right now, you're not done. He's not done with you. He's got purpose for you. You have breath in your lungs, there's purpose in your life. It's time to walk it out. And I know it's scary. But you know what's scarier?
for me personally, like maybe it's not scary for you, one of my biggest fears is getting to the pearly gates and they say, well done, good and faithful servant. And they say, Justin, do you want to know what your life could have been if you really would have walked in faith? One of my mentors in life that I, I've shared with you guys some stories sometimes, um, he got diagnosed with cancer last year. And uh, I just sent him a text and said I was thinking about him and praying for him. And, and uh, he says, hey, man, I'm feeling great. And God's already healed me in the name of Jesus. I'm believing it. And I'm just going to go out and go fishing today. I said, awesome, man. Go catch the big one. For some of us, we're already dead. Just waiting to be put in a box one day. He came that you would have life and have life more abundantly. Come on. How many of us want to turn off that little thing in our brain that puts a lid on us? I was talking to my buddy last week. We were talking about this. I said, man, I wanted to take, I wanted to take that, that, that pill, Limitless. You ever see that movie, Limitless? I wanted to take that pill where I can unlock the rest of my brain and stop, stop being afraid of things. I called, a, I called a friend this week. He had his birthday. and I said to him, I said, he, he said, hey, how are things going? I told him all about the book deal and all those things and uh, how blessed we were and how, how excited we were. And he says, hey, can I pray for you for anything? I said, pray for my fear. I said, because I'm afraid to write these books. I'm afraid. Because now when I put my heart on a page, it can be critiqued by anybody. For the longest time, we didn't do online church for the same reason. I was afraid I was afraid that if somebody heard what I had to say that maybe I wasn't good enough maybe I'd get all these negative things online that people are going to say well guess what that's going to happen it's not even a question and you know what I, I remember a, a year ago two years ago I, I, I'd given this book to the church for everybody to read and, and, and uh, I had this lady come up to me and she says man that book was terrible she's like I wish you would have wrote a book because this, this book is terrible and you know what popped in my mind right in that moment when I write a book, someone's going to say that. Someone is going to say that. Someone's going to give them that book and be like, dude, this book changed my life. And that book, that, the person that got it is going to go, this is the worst book I've ever read. It has to be okay. It has to be okay. It has to be okay. If you want to see all of what God can do through you, you're going to have to put yourself out there and be afraid and have other people talk bad about you. Are you with me? But when you're seeking first the kingdom and you're seeking first his heart, he's going to lead you on a path that you won't believe. You won't believe. There's a young lady in our church. My, my parents, my, my adopted dad and my, my birth mom were here. And, and um, somebody ran into my mom in the restroom and said, man, your, your son changed our lives. Watching how he deals with his suicidal thoughts and then watching my son deal with it like I know that my son can do something great because he's doing something great and my mom said hey that was all Jesus it wasn't me how many of our lives will make such a difference when we stop looking at our own ailment and we start walking in faith with Jesus and all of a sudden your ailment becomes your platform 
Wait, you did that when you were dealing with suicidal thoughts? Listen, you guys, this isn't 10 years ago. This is something I deal with on a daily basis still to this day. Are you with me? It doesn't stop. It's one of those things you just keep loving people. You know what keeps me from wanting to do anything to myself? You. Because if I could just believe for a minute that your life might change and that God could use you, then I can't be selfish and sit up here and take that. Are you with me? Are you with me? God put us each here, and sometimes we're just like Paul. We got an issue, and we walk around with that issue. For him, they said it with, a lot of theologians believe it was an issue with his eyes. They prayed and asked God to heal him, and he didn't heal him. He said, my grace is sufficient. I would love for my suicidal thoughts to go completely away. And I could probably take other medications or things to make that happen. But I tell you what, and I'm not saying if you take medication or you don't take medication, listen, don't get hung up on the wrong thing. But if you seek first the kingdom of God and you seek first his righteousness, he'll get you through. He'll get you through with medication, without it. He'll get you through. He'll get you through and he'll show you there's purpose. I live for purpose. Are you with me? Do you live for purpose or are you just alive? That's what I'm asking. Do you live for purpose or are you just alive? Come on, come on. Because here's the thing. I know there's a lot of people that are just alive. But if you live for purpose, then you put yourself aside. And all of a sudden going, God, use me for your glorious purpose. Use my life to change theirs. Because if one kid in here sees their life as something worth going for, hey, if pastor can do that, maybe I can too. Hey, uh, this person abused this person. I heard their, her story. I heard about her abuse. Because I heard about her abuse, I know I don't have to be a victim. Are you with me? I want to see a church that is changed and transformed. I hope you see that too. I hope you see that too. I know there's some of you that have that thing up inside of you that's like, I don't want to sit on the sideline anymore. I want to be in the game. I want to be in the game. I'm just scared to get in the game. What if I screw up? What if I mess it up? What if, what if, what if it doesn't work? What if it does? What if it does? What if it does? What if, it, what if God does something through your life that you couldn't do for yourself? What if it does? We've been playing the what if game the wrong way the whole time. What if God does a miracle if I just said yes to him? I can't do that on that stage over there. That would take a miracle. Are you with me? What if it does? What if stepping out in faith this time? I know you stepped out in faith last time and did the wrong thing. It didn't work. Well, maybe it did. Maybe you learned something. Maybe the whole time it was a process to learn to get to the next thing. Stop looking at failure as permanent. It's not permanent. Are you with me? Failure is not permanent unless you choose it as permanent. But God gave you breath. That means there's something ahead of you that's better than what's behind you. Are you with me? There's something ahead of you that's better than what's behind you. And on this Palm Sunday, walking into Holy Week, I pray that you start to see yourself the way Jesus saw you. Because even when he rode in on that donkey, in all humility, people cheering for him, he knew in a few days it won't be like that. Listen, you might have an emotional, spiritual high right here in this moment right now. But guess what? In a few days, it's going to get hard again. It's going to get hard again. I want to tell you that because I don't want you to have this false sense of who God is. 
God's there with you on the mountaintops and he's there with you in the valleys. He's there with you when it's hard and he's there with you when it's darn good. Are you with me? There's moments where God gives you a motorcycle and there's other times where stuff breaks and you're like, why? Why, Lord? Just trust him. Trust him in the process. Trust him. Trust him when it doesn't make sense. Trust him. If he could be humble enough to get on that donkey, I mean, he could have rode up on an elephant, man. He could have been like, here I am. Are you with me? Here's Jesus. But he chose a donkey, he chose humility. Maybe we walk into this next season, no matter if it's a hard season, a good season, no matter what that season is, but we walk in it in humility, knowing that I'm a man, I'm a woman on purpose for what God has called me to do. And maybe he has me walking through this valley right now, but I'm gonna have my mountaintop moments. And maybe I gotta go down into the valley so that maybe when I go down in the valley, I pull somebody out of it. Are you with me? Come here. I start pulling people out of the valley into the next mountaintop. You know, oh yeah, you need to, you need to be up here. And you know what? We gotta pull people out of this valley because I gotta get back down in the valley because I can't be I can't be doing this stuff by myself. Are you with me? It's time to we gotta we gotta get some people moving in the way that God's called them to move. Are you with me? Come on. It's like, but nah. Now, yeah, I know it's hard in the valley. I know we want to stay here because it hurts and it's difficult, but we can't stay here, man. We got to go to the next place. And you know what? We, we get into this place where all of a sudden we, we're doing what God's called us to do. I got to get back in the valley. I got to get back in the valley. Come on. Come on. Oh, you got to get out back in the valley because God is moving. God's doing something great. God's doing something good. I can't. And you know what? Sometimes you just, you're in that valley and you just break down. I've been doing everything I can, God. I've been trying to save people. I've been trying to love people. I don't know if I can keep doing this. And you know what? Somebody else is on that same journey as you right now, where they're where they're going in and out of the valley, in and out of the valley. And somebody comes up and maybe picks you up off of your green, off of the ground. Going, no, man, you've got a purpose. Let me take you out of your valley, out of your situation, out of your circumstances. Oh, man, because God called you to be something more than you've been. Are you with me? Because God's called you to be something more than you've been. Are you with me? Someone is counting on you right now to get out of your valley. Someone is counting on you right now to pick up those bootstraps and keep going. Someone is counting on you right now because if they see you get up, they might sit, be sitting down there wallowing in self-pity, going, I don't know if I can do this, but if she gets up, maybe if she gets up, I can do it. Maybe if she goes, if she gets to her next mountaintop, I can do it. Maybe if she gets up, I can do it. Maybe if she gets up, I can do it. Come on, get out of there. I know it. I know it. You're a rock star. Come on. If somebody else gets up, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can do it. Maybe I can make it. Maybe I don't have to quit. Maybe it's, this is all for a purpose. Maybe there's more men to this. Are you with me? Oh, man, you guys are beautiful. You're getting out of your valley. 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 Father God, I thank you that you called these people for such a time as this that you pulled them out of a valley so that he can share their experiences and pull other people out of their valley, God. We just thank you right now that you're using this group of people, that you're using these families that are represented here to do great things, 
that are greater than what they expected. Come on. Come on, McLovin. Are you with me? It's going to be a good thing today. Lord Jesus is using his leaders. He's using his people. He's using each and every one of you. He's using you because you're called by God. He's using you because you have a purpose in your life. God sees you. You're not just in a chair. Are you with me? You're not just in another seat. Are you with me? God has a purpose for you that's so much bigger than you could have imagined. So much bigger than you could have imagined. He's not done with you yet. Are you with me? He's not done. Great things are happening right now. Oh my gosh, you are an absolute champion, aren't you? Yes, you are. You are called to great things. Oh my gosh, you, if you knew what the Father sees in you. I feel like, I, I know I don't know you, but I feel like, I feel like you, you didn't have the greatest upbringing. That you might have had some issues with your earthly father. But here's the thing. Jesus, he's the good, good father. Father God is the good, good father. And when he sees you, he says, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I am honored that you are my son. I just feel like you needed to hear that today. I feel like God just wants to tell you he loves you, that you're his son and whom he's well pleased. That's from God to you, buddy. Come on. Come on. Come on. You guys are amazing. You know that? Do you know that? It's an amazing family right here. I love the Dopes family very much. God has so much purpose for you. So much purpose for you that he wants to break out of you. You two young ladies, I just, I see you speaking at conferences on the stage, sharing the fire of God. I see you shouting louder and crazier than me. Are you with me? I think that you're some fire, fireball ladies right here. I know the world around you is going to make you not believe it. And you're going to think like, oh, it's not even worth doing. But I want to tell you, there's so much purpose behind it. When you start hearing those whispers in your head that say you're not good enough, it's really because God has such a huge purpose for you that the enemy is trying to convince you it's not. Because when you're standing up there, hundreds of people are going to come to know Jesus. They're going to come to know the power of God. I believe miracles are going to come out of your mouths. That when you pray for people, miracles are going to happen. You know you can do that right now? You don't have to wait till you're old and crusty like me. It's true. You can pray for people right now in your school. You can pray for people right now in your friend circle that are going through stuff, that are dealing with suicidal thoughts. I want you to be the one praying for them. Don't be afraid. See what God can do. Amen? Amen? He loves you guys so much. I love you, Dokes family. Come on. My back row people. How is it back here? You don't get spit on back here. I feel so sorry for you guys. Like, I spit on those guys all the time up there. They, like, get a free shower. You guys don't get anything. I, I feel like I need to come and give you some, you know. So let, let's pray. Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for this couple. I thank you for this couple because they're set apart. I feel like sometimes you've had conversations where you just feel lonely, like nobody understands you. That you're like, man, I'm how can we be alone in this? How can we be alone in what we're going through and, and, and how we think and how we do things? But it's, it's not that you're alone. God has set you apart. He set you apart for something big that most people won't understand. And when you walk in what God's called you to do and you start to see the fullness of what he can do in and through you, then you'll start to get it going, oh, if, I, if he would have told me all these things and showed me all these things in the very beginning, 
people would have gotten so confused and they would have put us down and that's why, that's why he's protecting us to go and become what you've called us to be. So God, I just, I give this couple a blessing, a blessing like you've given Chelsea and myself. I, I pray that you'd, you'd give them a healthy marriage, a healthy marriage to walk in. God, I pray that their marriage would be an inspiration to people around them. Lord, I pray that you would use them in ways that as, as their, their inward struggles, the struggles behind the closed doors, the arguments, the, the challenges that they go through. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd bring all of those to light, not to expose them, but to use them in your power. To use them in your power. Oh, a powerful man and a powerful woman who know who they are and know what they've been through and know how screwed up they've been can empower so many others to step out and step in faith. So God, I just thank you right now that you're gonna use this couple in such an awesome and mighty way. They might sit on the back row, but God, you've called them to be front row people. You called them to be out in the front, in the front lines, to walk out their faith and be an example. So God, I just thank you right now that you're gonna use them in such a huge, huge, mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, come on. Oh. I'm just glad you guys are still in your mountaintop season. I'm down here working in this, in this valley right now. Like it's overwhelming. Like the things that have been put people in fear and put them in, in places of bondage, I feel like, like the, the love that the two of you have inside of you is an ocean that just overwhelms all of that. You know, I think about the, the biggest, baddest battleships in the world are not stronger than the ocean that they're in. There can be so many battles and so many things coming against you but the ocean that you live in, that ocean of love, of God's love, it overpowers all of them. I just, I just believe right now, as, you, as you're stepping into this new season, that you're going to start seeing those battleships capsizing in front of you. Those things that have been coming against you, you're going to watch them get flipped over upside down and start to sink. It's just like this big game of battleship with, with, with God. You say, no, I got this, you guys. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. I got this. I got this. God, I just pray for healing right now in the name of Jesus. I can feel it right here in my left hand. I can just feel that something that just coming out. I almost think about when Jesus is walking through the crowd and, and the woman with the issue of blood reaches through and, and touches his garment and he says, power went out of me. I can feel like there's just a power from heaven right now flowing into you guys. Flowing into you guys. There's a wholeness that's coming that you have never experienced. You have never experienced. Your best days are not your best days. I hate to tell you. They're gonna feel like 30%. Your best days so far are gonna feel like 30% compared to what God's bringing. Your new 100% is gonna be like, whoa, I never knew peace like this. I never knew faith like this. I never knew love like this. So Father God, I just thank you right now for this awesome couple. I thank you right now for this new season they're about to walk in. 
I just see your vows being renewed. I just see this new love for one another, that twinkle in your eye. Just, oh my goodness, I can't wait to, can't wait to get them behind a closed door. Come on, somebody. I just thank you right now, Jesus, for a new sense of intimacy, a new place of intimacy in the marriage, a new place of their intimacy in their walk with you, Lord. I pray that they can hear that still, small voice, that little whisper that says, hey, Come on. Oh, goodness. Chelsea's gone. She already got raptured. It happened. Oh, there you are. There you are. That's that's my signal to, to wrap it up. Oh, goodness. I could, I could do this all day. I could just stay in the spirit all day. He loves you so much. Do you know that? He loves you so much to share little things with you. Share how important you are. your power over these two women right now. I declare your power over them because you called them for great things and that you love them so much and that your love overcomes all things. And so God, I just thank you right now that your love is pouring in in a way that that they can hear your voice, that they know who you are. That's no longer that church is just fun or a good place of good people. Churches where I get to worship the living God. I want to be in His presence. And I want to sense Him. I want to know He's here. I want to know how real He is. And so, God, I pray right now that you would just grant these two ladies with that right now. Just a worshiper's heart beyond all recognition. I pray, Lord, that, that they would look silly, like, like David, running around in sackcloth and, and, and looking ridiculous, reckless, abandoned to worship you, God. And I just pray that reckless abandonment right here. Lord, that they would know that they're loved, that they know that they're cared for, that they know that they're powerful. And Lord Jesus, that we walk into this new season. We gotta leave some stuff behind. We gotta leave some junk behind, ladies. We gotta leave some junk behind. It doesn't, it doesn't fit through the door you're about to go through. Almost feels like the Wizard of Oz or something, or, or Alice in Wonderland, that's it. Where they go down into the rabbit hole and the, the doors just seem to get smaller and smaller. And, and it's just like, what is going on? It's, I feel like you've got this baggage that you're carrying that, that, that got put on you at a young age. That got put on you. And, and you're sitting there going like, gosh darn it, here I am. Like, I, I know I'm called to go through this door. Why isn't the door opening? And you're like, I can see through it. It's open. The door is open, but you can't take the junk behind you with you. That big bag is too big to fit through the door you got to let it go. He's got greater things on the other side. So, Father God, we just thank you for this new season. We thank you for what's on the other side. And we let go. We release those other things right now in the name of Jesus. I just see those things being cut off of you. Maybe they've been, I almost see it like hooks into your back. They've been stuck on you. They've been spoken over you. They've been pushed into you. But I can just feel, I can see God just coming back here. And he's unhooking the hooks. No, 
listen, I know this one's going to hurt a little bit, but we're going to pull this out. We're going to pull this out, and it's going to hurt, but you're going to heal. There, we're going to see you healed. We're going to pull this other one out, and you're going to heal. We're going to see you heal. And we're going to pull these out. We're going to pull this this insecurities out, and you're going to heal. You're going to heal. We're going to we're going to pull this this self worth, this selfless, this selfishness. We're going to pull these things out that you're not going to need anymore. You don't have to protect yourself because God's going to protect you. God's going to protect you. God's going to protect you. He's going to surround you with His love. I can I can just see Him at night as you're sitting there trying not to cry yourself to sleep and God wraps his arms around you and just tells you he loves you. Tells you that your life's worth it and that don't worry. I got you. I got you. I understand how you feel. I understand what you're going through. I understand the persecution. I understand the hurt. Don't let that pain push you away from me. I'll protect you because I love you. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, somebody lift up a shout for Jesus this morning. Oh. I feel like I can, I can smell the hot dog, so I'm pretty sure that means we need to get out of here. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, I want to introduce you to my best friend. My best friend speaks to me. He talks to me. He's absolutely real, and he tells me things all the time. Just ask the people we just prayed for. What, was, what did that mean to you? And I'll guarantee you Holy Spirit was doing something in their life. It has very little to do with me. It has everything to do with Him. He gets all the glory and all the credit. And you know what? He can use you the same way. But if you're here and you don't know Him, or you're watching online and you don't know Him, I want to introduce you to Jesus. This is not the Jesus that you've been brought up on. This is not the, the uh, commercialized Jesus. This is the real deal. This is Jesus Christ. The Son of God who came to give you all life gave himself up as a ransom for you. I just feel, I feel this chest pain right here. Um, I don't know what that is. I know your heart's on that side, so I'm not really scared, but I just feel this chest pain right here. Somebody dealing with some chest issues, some chest pain. It feels like a, I don't know, it feels like somebody's putting their finger in my chest the whole time and just holding it there. Is that somebody? feel like this pressure in your chest is that you Eugene who is that you guys are talking is it it's both of you come out of your valley come up here come get out of your valley come on dopes get out of your valley I'll come get you that's fine I'll come get you I'll come get you we're gonna get you out of your valley we're gonna get you out of your valley you know I almost feel like we can probably fit almost everybody up there but that stage is pretty rickety today let's get out of our valley together come on come on we're getting out of that valley. We're getting out of that valley. We're getting out of that junk. You know what? Sometimes sometimes spiritual things take a physical step. No, come on. Come on. We're going together. No, I know I know. we're falling out. It's all right. Yeah, we're going over here. There's there's these things called stairs that help us to get up on there So because we're going to go up here together. Are you ready? Come on. We're going, up, we're going up to a new place. We're going up to a new place. You guys can stay on this side because it's safer. You're so brave, John. Look at everybody left you there by yourself. <sighs> Father God, I pray, I pray over their hearts. I pray over this pain, the physical pain. <sighs> you know, I can I can sense that it's it's all wrapped into anxiety. This is anxiousness. Like going like, God, why have you forsaken me? 
Why have you left me in this place? Why have you left me like this? I feel like, I feel like there's times where you're like, Lord, I stepped out in faith. Why didn't you meet me? So God, I just pray right now, Lord, that, that their hearts can be mended, both physically and spiritually. Lord Jesus, that they can be everything that you've called them to be. I pray, God, that you'd use Eugene and Kenyatta to bring in this new generation. Mm. The wisdom that you have, the experiences that you have, even the disappointment that you have when you've stepped out in faith and not seen God move the way you thought. All of those things are going to be used by God. Every single part of it. Every single part of it. So God, we just pray right now for a unity.